0: 600 ESPN El Paso.
1: That are here right now are two of my favorite coaches ever to be at Utah.
0: Let's welcome right now uh, Ryan Carr, who is now with the Indiana Pacers as a scout. And Ryan, you're going to have to put that microphone a little closer to uh, to yourself, and and hopefully we can adjust that for you. Uh, Along with. uh, Sergio Rocco, who is the head coach right now at uh, Florida International and a uh, gentleman. We appreciate you uh, being here and uh, I'll tell you, sometimes you get lucky when you get to be in town on the right day and the right time. It, it just kind of all works out.
2: Well, we're lucky to be here and uh, happy to be here for sure, so I'm sure I speak for Sergio as well. Well, uh,
3: being able to be here with you guys and with Coach and share some time and talking a little basketball with Coach Haskins, it doesn't get any better and I hadn't been back in el paso for three years the first time back and i yeah. and i had great memories so being back here is great
0: it's good to have you back and we've got a lot to talk about uh i want to get to a mike i know he's been waiting from the east side of town mike uh, thanks for your patience uh you've got a lot of guests here on the don haskins show so uh go right ahead
1: hey it's always a pleasure to wait man no problem uh how you doing mr haskins how you done
3: um Great, great. It's great to hear from you back out of the hospital, healthy. We need candles for you, me and my family. Yeah,
1: thank you very much.
3: Anyway, that aside, I want to get back to baseball for a second. This, uh one thing about Jose Canseco. Now, I understand he's, you know, a very good pitcher. He's understanding he has great
1: talent. But he's no better than anyone else to not go to training camp and then wait
3: till half the season and then decide, okay, now I'm ready. You know?
0: Well, I guess that was a few years ago when Conseco, uh when Kanseiko kind of pulled a half season, but that didn't last yeah. very long, did it, Mike?
3: No, it didn't. But still, you know, yeah. it. You, you guys made that point, you know, like earlier on, and uh, I I thought I had to go in and share my image on that as well.
0: Well, Coach, uh, give me your thoughts on the whole situation since. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Roger Clemens has done that the last couple of years, most recently um, with the Yankees. And, uh, you know, does it... Uh, I guess Mike mentioned the analogy with, uh, with, with Conseco. Does it uh, bother you at all? Uh,
1: you know, I don't remember that, but uh, Roger Clemens... Uh, that'd have to be a strange dressing room. You got a guy comes wandering in in June. Yeah. And... Uh, He's a starting rotation. I know he's a great pitcher. But uh, now he don't go on the road unless he's pitching, does he?
0: Um, I don't believe so, no. No.
1: He didn't go on the road? No. I don't know how you keep morale up like that, but uh, I think uh, uh, the Yankees are, you know, most of the players are trying to win games, win a World Series. That's true. uh, Go to the playoffs. And, um. I imagine uh, they treat... You know, that's got to be a little different. He's 44 years old. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And, uh, I, I, you know, that's... Uh, I, have you been watching The Bronx is Burning?
0: Absolutely. Great show. <laughs> Great show. Well,
1: uh, uh George Steinbrenner has a way of handling people. Yes, he does. And uh, uh, I don't like the way he does it all the time, but... Uh, uh, we will have to say that, whether they win or lose, he puts his pocket book out there. Yeah, he spends and the money. What was it that uh, uh, Clemens
0: got? Uh, Twenty-eight million, wasn't it? For something like a thirty million prorated, gee, makes a lot of money. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for the All phone call right, and getting in. It was thank, a you. Pleasure. thank you. Thank oh, you a lot, problem. Mike. Sergio, what is uh, Miami? That's uh, Florida Marlins country, isn't it? Florida Marlins
3: hanging in there. We're like in fourth place, like nine games away, and yeah. they're a pitcher and about another, uh, I guess, a good center fielder away from being competitive in that uh, conference. you
0: get a chance to watch any baseball uh, during the offseason or is there never any time? You know what? My
3: dad watches the Marlins every night. My kid, my seven-year-old's into it, but baseball's so slow for me. I wait for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, This is probably the worst time of year for sports for me is only baseball going on. I can't wait for football to start. You, you know, it's
1: funny. Uh, when uh, I was growing up, I played baseball and I loved it. But Baseball is a slow game to watch. Mm-hmm. and um, But I watch. I watch it's, Major League ba- Baseball every day. It's the greatest
0: social game you have because you could have a conversation for 45 minutes and not miss much.
1: Yeah, and if, if you're an advertiser, you'd like it because you get plenty of... After every half inning, you get a well. That's right. But um, That's right. Uh, I kind of understand what... It's kind of like watching paint dry, but... Um, <laughs> Um, I love it when the playoffs start in baseball All right. and the World Series.
0: Eight eight zero five seven six three eight eight zero K R O D. As we continue, Ryan, uh, I know you've been busy. The uh, summer leagues have come to an end, and now you've got uh, what about another month or two before things get to be too crazy?
2: Yeah, uh, training camp opens uh, right at the start of October, so this is a downtime for me and uh, just kind of relaxing and you know catching up with family time and doing that stuff yeah well you're in town actually uh, both of you are in town because of your brother who's uh, going to be uh, tying the knot this weekend you bet uh my my youngest brother uh it's been a long time since he was my little brother uh he's getting married this weekend so we're all here to to celebrate that and be a part of it
0: did you give him any words of wisdom
2: you know i don't know if he'd listen to me anyways he's 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 uh he's got his own ideas
0: well, I know one thing. The two of you had uh, a tremendous following while you were here at UTEP, and I'll say this. I-, I think the two of you have gone on to some very successful careers, both as a head coach and as a scout, but you were a part of something that was pretty special for UTEP also, and that was kind of the resurgence, the rebirth and rebuilding of, uh, of this basketball program. Well, I, mean, I-, I
3: was very fortunate to, to be uh, hired by Billy at the right time, and and it's about players I, I mean you can you can ask coach and any any coach across the nation you're as good as the players you have you, and, got, you got it and, and, and anybody else who thinks differently is fooling themselves and we were able to get two great guys that just wanted to win in Filiberto Rivera and Omar Thomas yeah. and then the, all the other kids uh, fit in and, and coach uh, Gillespie did a great job with those guys and, and it was great this community needed it uh, it's a community that needs a winning basketball program and uh, and hopefully they'll get it back on the right track here soon.
2: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I just know it would, um, Speaking personally, I learned as a as a young kid uh, coming out of college. Basically, I uh, learned so much and uh, got a chance to to meet so many people that'll you know follow me through for the rest of my career in in, uh, in one way or another. So uh, I got Billy was was. Uh, Nice enough to keep me around when he came, uh, and uh, I just got just happened to uh, get a better opportunity. So I, I left, but it uh, would have been fun to be here. Was it a little
0: bit of a culture shock for you, going from kind of the prior regime with Jason Rabideau to uh, Billy Gillespie because the two uh, were so radically different in, in the way they, they handled uh, the basketball team?
2: Yeah, I, um, yes and no. I, th- I don't think I changed much. Uh, my work ethic and the things that I did didn't change uh, really at all. But, but definitely the way they handled people was different. So I I guess so. Um, I guess so.
0: Yeah. But uh, you were here uh, through, uh, I guess, the highs and the lows, uh, you would say, of UTEP basketball. And you had a chance to, uh, um, I I really thought, uh, you know, watching you, Ryan, uh, having an opportunity to work with some great kids, develop uh, yourself as a coach, and then, you know, getting another great opportunity when Larry uh, Bird uh, offered you the opportunity to come back and and scout uh, college basketball teams for the Pacers.
2: Yeah, very fortunate because he didn't have to do that I certainly didn't have the resume to get a job like that Uh, he took a chance on me from me uh, working for him Uh, previously just you know again right out of college and and it's been great. I've learned a ton. Uh, I work hard at it. I, I do the best I can. And, you know, I'm still there four years later. So,
1: uh, Ron, did you get a pay raise when you left UTEP? And <laughs> went to the Pacers? Yeah, uh, yes, sir. I, uh, yeah. Uh, that I've, definitely I've happened. so. To,
2: yeah. yeah. Slight uh, pay raise. Right yeah, I did, uh, a little bit. But, um, you know, that's, that's certainly not the number one factor in my life. But Absolutely. Uh, it was good. But I, I miss the hands-on stuff. I don't have that with uh, in what I do now. Uh, the relationships with the kids, the, uh, the people in the community. Um, you know, I, I miss a little bit of that. Is it a tough life now? All the traveling, all the scouting? Um, not, no, because it's not like work. I mean, it's, it's a great thing. I think we've worked hard um, to, to balance that in our home. And... Um, You know, when I'm home, I can be home. Uh, I don't necessarily have to be in the office uh, all the time. I'm not out recruiting all the time. So when I'm home, I'm home. The phone's not going off the hook or anything like that. So it allows better balance. 880-5763, 880-5763, our telephone
0: number as uh, we continue here. When we come back, we need to take our first break. Okay. I'm going to ask uh, Sergio about the transition to a head coach, and uh, especially a Division One college head coach. Obviously, it's, it's a huge undertaking, and we'll talk about his first couple years in Miami working uh, at Florida International as a head coach and, and take more of your phone calls as well. The Don Haskins Show continues with Ryan Carr and Sergio Rocco right after this from the State Line Restaurant, only on News Radio KROD.
3: Six hundred ESPN El Paso dot com.
0: Hundred (laughs) KROD. Welcome back, everybody, as uh, we continue more of the Don Haskin Show live from the State Line Restaurant, 880-5763-880-KROD. We're out here on the patio. Come on down. You got a chance to win Western Playland tickets. We're also going to be giving away some uh, El Paso Diablos tickets. Aaron Lewis from Stained is performing at the Plaza tomorrow night. Got a pair of those as well as we continue our conversation right now with Ryan Carr and Sergio Rocco, two former UTEP assistant basketball coaches who have uh, moved on to bigger and better things out of El Paso. And first off, Serge... uh you uh, had, uh, I guess, uh, an opportunity that not many individuals get, a chance uh, to go from UTEP to a head coaching a Division One job at uh, Florida International, a place you, you spent time with before as an assistant. But talk about the differences and the undertaking, uh, really, to, uh, to your head coaching position.
3: Well, it, it's, it's hard to, to explain that you can go home and be a head coach at a Division One at home. Where you grew up and, and and you went to high school and all your families there, so yeah. for me it was very special. But as far as a head coach, I a lot of people don't know I had been a head coach in three different countries on pro teams, which uh, gave me a great experience into going into FIU.
0: Is there a huge difference between coaching pro ball and coaching college ball Absolutely. from your experience?
3: That, it's called the NCAA. Oh yeah, it's called all the rules and regulations and all the parameters that they give you. If they would just allow us to coach kids year-round and do things to be productive, uh, which they don't. In pro ball, it's, it's really you do. You can practice them seven hours a day, and you can probably smack them across the head if they want to coach. It's the stuff that I like and <laughs> stuff you can't do in college. But it's, it's a different – it's all about rules, and it's about coaching adults. And, you know, when you coach adults and, and young people, there are different ways of handling them and in the, in, in their personalities. Sergio, you coached uh, what? Tell us where you coached Pro Bowl. Columbia is one. No, I coached in Venezuela. Venezuela. I Dominican mean, Republic sorry. and in Puerto Rico. Okay. I, I At 30, I was a head coach in Puerto Rico in the Puerto Rican League. As you remember, Coach, a lot of our NCAA coaches, uh, Luke Carnaseca and Raleigh Massimino used to go down there when the NCAA allowed them. They coached there in the summer. So that was my first head coaching job, pro- not in a high school, but at the, at the um, professional level.
1: Back in '71, I took the Olympic development team, and uh, never forget uh, going. You know, we had we played five or six games, and uh, wherever we'd play, uh, the game would start 30 minutes late. Always, and uh, uh, I'll never forget going across to Ponce Absolutely. to do a clinic, and it's supposed to be a big clinic, 1,500 kids or something. And we're there now an hour near the solar and i'm mad and i'm ready to leave and all of a sudden here come buses from everywhere and there was 1500 to 2000 kids and so after about the fourth clinic i'd say what time is what time you start and they see nine i'd come at ten <laughs> <laughs> it's just to their time <laughs>
3: no, and the islands is different i mean oh, yeah. in puerto rico and dominican i went to the bahamas virgin island virgin islands i went yeah. to the bahamas and they had a caribbean games tournament, and the first game started at 9 a.m., and the last one was supposed to start at 8 p.m. Well, the last game started at midnight. Midnight, because the first one didn't start till noon, so you oh. has got to oh, get yeah. used to where, where you're at.
0: Now that you're uh, in, in Florida International, it's kind of funny, because you've actually had the opportunity for a couple of... Uh former minor recruits to, uh, to both play with you. And uh, that is uh, Ivan Almonte, who um, just uh, finished up his eligibility uh, actually pretty uh, a, a year ago. And then also uh, Alex Galindo, who um, is now entering his junior season. And talk a little bit about uh, working with them and seeing how uh, they've developed uh, in, in with their college games.
3: Well, Ivan was sensational. Here's a guy at 6'6". Six, six. And, and, and he was the closest thing that I would say maybe to a Rodman that I've seen because he knew he, the rebound was his. At his size, he came in third in the nation in rebounding his senior year at 10 rebounds a game. And he's playing over in France. Uh, and last year he was the MVP of the league, leading rebounder. And he's making about 175,000 euros. And he's, he's got a little, a little boy who's about three, and he married his sweetheart from iowa and then he's doing fantastic he graduated at fiu with a 3.4 wow so he, he's he's a special kid you just
1: know. an in between size got to get right ryan yeah just uh, uh six six uh boy they just don't they got too
3: many guys that can do about the same things as are six ten. coach for 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 a college player I, I can't tell you that i you know you go into places like purdue and florida yeah. state and stuff like that on the road and you know he was going to go to war, and and he, he was such a warrior, and he knew you know he what he was giving you every single night, and he was a great kid to coach. And Galindo, you know, when, and he 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 did not come to F, uh, to uh, UTEP. He went to K- uh, Kansas and played there for a year, and then right. he sat out.
1: That's because you uh, left.
3: I don't know. <laughs> I'm. I, 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 that, I, no, I blame that because Billy left. <laughs> he wanted to play for Billy. Billy was the head coach. So, But he was a year at Kansas, and then he followed me over at FIU. And he had a great sophomore year for us last year. He averaged 15 and 7, and I played him out of position. I think he's a 3 if he's going to make money in the, in, in, in the other level. But at this time, I had to, I didn't have much size, so I played him at the 4. But he's, he's a kid that's going to do good, and I think he'll make money. I don't know if he'll be an NBA player because... It's not easy to say you'll be an NBA player, but I think you'll make a lot of money. And,
1: and Tony Davis spent three years over in Europe before he came back, and uh, that, was with the, that was the Pacers. Yeah, the Pacers. Running. We sure. drafted him. Yeah. Tell us about uh, some of your team.
2: Yeah, um, you know, our team has been in a lot of flux ever since the, the brawl. We felt like that year, which was uh, three seasons ago now, that we were really the, uh, the team to beat. We were, that night, we were beating the Pistons uh, handily when all that stuff got out of control, and, and the aftermath of that has really followed us up until maybe right now where uh, we've changed the coach, the personnel is finally uh, all but a couple guys has changed. And uh, we feel like just now after that, we're, we kind of have a fresh start to see, you know, what we can build upon. It's, it really, really took its toll. We had some personalities uh, that that were difficult, um, uh, and, and now those guys are, are gone, and, and we'll see what we have. Um, you know, you just got to play the games. You're also in one of the tougher...
0: Uh divisions in the NBA, especially yep. with teams like Cleveland, Detroit, and seeing how some powers have really developed out of the Central.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, us and Milwaukee make yep. up uh, our division. It's really, really tough. Uh, even Milwaukee's gotten better if they get their uh, Chinese guy to, to finally sign and come play that they drafted. Uh, they've gotten a lot better. Uh, it, it's a dogfight every night, and uh, I mean, those teams... Really battle, and um, you know people have the perception that NBA teams don't play hard, but uh, you you have to get every single win you can. It it oftentimes comes down to one thing.
1: Uh, Steve, how would you like coach a team where uh, almost all of them make more than you do? Now, if you think that wouldn't be a little tough, Uh, I know it's it's like Tim Floyd in New Orleans. uh, you know, uh, uh, Baron Davis said he didn't like him. Now you're going to keep Baron Davis, who makes 28 million? Yep. Or Tim, who only makes two or three million? Yeah. Not to mention that and in college, uh, that's
2: can, unbelievable.
0: In college, you can run a player off if they give you problems. Yeah. In the NBA, no, y- no, you can, no they, they, they can run you off. You yes.
2: Yeah, with the, with guaranteed contracts, you know, people in our situation, um, like after after the brawl and all that, people are calling to. You know, just get rid of them, get rid of them. But in terms of a business standpoint and a salary cap standpoint, it is it is impossible to do that without destroying your whole. Well, who, want, who wanted him? You're right. Nobody, and that's the other point. You know, uh, making a trade uh, takes you two. Got a,
1: you got a guy there, it's a heck of a player. Um, I, I know if uh, I were owner of one of the NBA, he wouldn't come to my team. Yeah, you know, and that's.
2: That's a very valid, uh, very he's valid been point. In tri-
1: he, we're talking about Artest, yeah, yeah. and he's been in trouble again since then.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's got to play for uh,
0: Reggie Theus now in Sacramento, and we'll see, uh, we'll see how that relationship goes.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. It's always interesting to see that dynamic because on the floor, when he's um, focused, Ron Artest is, is one of the most talented players in the league. Uh, you know, obviously it's been a lot of other things that have kept him from from being the player that he could be.
0: 880-5763. 880 okay, our telephone number. I'm getting the kick out of watching your kids right now trying to run for the exits. They want to get the heck out of here as fast as possible. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: my, yeah my little boy uh, is a bundle of energy. He just learned how to make a jump stop, and he practices about 7,000 times a day. So, um they're a lot of fun they've changed my life and uh uh you know i just enjoy enjoy seeing kind of what life is is all about now have they picked up a basketball yet yeah my little boy has a nice little two foot uh he can make a little jumper from about two feet away on the mini hoop that's about it though i don't want to kill him with it yet he's two right yeah he just turned two so what do you think coach uh, two foot
0: uh, mini hoop uh, two years old
1: I'll tell you what, he looks like a player to me.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that. Can, we, can I get a copy of this? Yes, you
0: can. <laughs> 7.30, bottom of the hour. When we come back, our second half hour with Sergio Rocco and Ryan Carr. The Don Haskins Show continues live from the Stateline Restaurant, only on News Radio KROD.
1: 600 ESPNLPASO.com. AM 600 News Radio KROD. <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everybody. More of the Don Haskins show live from the state line here on the patio, 880-5763, 880-KROD. We still have a little less than uh, a little less than 30 minutes to go, but hey, if you haven't seen Sergio Rocco and Ryan Carr, and more than likely, if you live in El Paso, you haven't seen these guys in years, come on down. Sergio and Ryan, uh, two of the more popular assistant coaches that we've had at UTEP and um, Serge, I'll, I'll tell you right now, and you probably already know the answer to this, but when uh, a few years ago that uh, that coaching search came down, a lot of El Pasoans called, and we're backing you and very supportive of you, and I'm sure it's nice to see how many uh, people in this community were in your corner and on your side and and wanted you to stick around in UTEP.
3: It, it, and, and for me, I, I wanted to stay, and, and and I know at the time it was a tough, tough decision for for. Uh, Bob, and, and and you know what, looking back at it, it worked out for everybody, because yep. Doc won and did an unbelievable job, and, and, and I got to go back home, so it worked out for everybody. I mean, but for us, and me and my wife, we loved it here, and we thought it was a great experience, and I'm enjoying the time that I've only been here 24 hours, and I'll be here for about another 48. We have really close friends, and I was just here 11 months. Yeah. That's as, as much as I lived in El Paso, but we feel we were here much, much more, because El Paso is the people. Uh, Sergio, uh, who's the athletic director that hired you? Rick
1: Mello. He called me. I must have had 15 phone calls from him. We got to where uh, we were talking two or three times a week, and uh, uh, he was frantic to get you. And I know we were at the tournament, and I finally told him. I said, God, I can't. I don't know what to tell you. I just know the guy I can coach, and he, uh, and he can recruit and uh, he was frantic in fact he had uh is there a guy by the name of waters who's commissioner right
3: waters is the commissioner. he called me too and 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 rick Mello is the associate commissioner of the sunbelt right now he's oh, waters, right waters right hand man yeah but rick took care of me he gave me a great contract he gave me everything i needed well, and he wanted you he really wanted me and, and he's he's a good friend we still talk all the time and uh but this profession, people move on. And yeah. uh, he moved on, and I have a new AD now, and the focus at our place now is football. So uh, right. that's okay. I welcome that because it's about winning ball games anyway. So
0: How's the fan base at Florida International for basketball? Not, not very good. Not very good.
3: Uh, it, there's a lot of things to do, and people are not going to take their time to see a mediocre team, and we've been mediocre. We, we haven't had the teams that, that I think we would have had. I think this year... Uh, we have 16 home uh, games.
1: Sergio, you beat uh, Florida State at Florida State a year, or so ago.
3: I don't Great know how mediocre that is. Well, but people in Miami, uh, look at the Marlins. Nobody goes to the Marlins games. Look at the Heat hey, when they're mediocre, know, nobody
0: goes to the Heat. Did people I go w- to the University of Miami when they were winning? No. See, that's the problem, too. Miami it's, is just, it's a tough college sports town. It's a tough sell. It's, it's a, well, there's too many things to do.
3: And, and that's a good excuse, but at the same time, it's a transient city. There's not that whole commitment to people being around a long time and having a commitment. The only team that has a following all the time are the Dolphins, because that's Miami's team. The Dolphins, people who go to the Dolphins, right now I'm dying to see what the score is. They're playing Kansas City on ESPN. You know, it's like and the first preseason game. I, I'm a Dolphin fan. If wow. you, you give me tickets to a Heat game or a Dolphin game, I'm going to a Dolphin game you always been I, a
0: Dolphin fan? You grew oh, up a I, Dolphin fan. I
3: was a water boy in the 1972 undefeated team. Were you really? the Dolphins, absolutely. I didn't wow. know that. Yes, sir. Lived right across the impressive. street. That's in Little Havana. And I lived right across the street. And they, they hired me. They said, I'd rather hire this guy than let him continue to steal footballs. When they <laughs> in in so they hired me.
0: Well, that's a great um. story in itself because it's the only perfect season in, uh, in football history. And you probably got to know some of those guys as well over the years.
3: I tell you what. Pe- one thing I, people don't know is... Don Shula. He's, he, he's for like a sailor. Unbelievable. Really? Oh, my goodness. he, I tell you what, he'd jump anybody, anytime. He was in-their-face kind of coach, and I saw that at the end of his career. I could see it tailing out because yeah. he wasn't the same confrontational guy, but he would jump. He was a leader. And maybe that's what I maybe got into coaching a little bit of watching Shula and, and and seeing that team win, you know?
0: Who was your basketball uh, coaching mentor? Someone that when you really were starting to spend some time, you said to yourself, I want to be like this guy. I want to do this too.
3: You know what? There was a lot of guys in college and a lot of guys in high school, but there's a coach in Puerto Rico by the name of Flor Melendez. And Flor Melendez is the only Caribbean coach to be able to go to Europe and coach. Mm -hmm. And he took the Puerto Rican team to gold medals, and I got to know him, and... And he he was one of the guys that I really really enjoyed watching coach, and, and he's one of my mentors. It's
0: a good story.
2: Brian, how about you? Who's your coaching mentor? Uh, I've been so lucky. I mean, um, obviously i I'd, I'd have I have great ones. I got to work for Coach Knight as a student. Uh, I came here and got to know Coach Haskins. You know, Larry Bird was certainly a really uh, successful coach at, in his time with the Pacers, but. Um, you know, I've I've tried to get something from everybody. Uh, I look at my high school coaches in this the same way. I I, I really believe it's a, an interesting thing that maybe some of the best coaches in this country are the guys you've never heard of that that uh, really spend the time. and I put in the time. And um, I I think there's something to be learned if you're willing to learn from everybody that, that you come in contact with if if they do things the right way and and, uh, and really try not to cheat the game. Uh, all those guys I, I I hold pretty pretty equal you know obviously coach Knight probably from a knowledge and a, a um, you know overall standpoint stands out um, you know he's, well, he's what a was genius. he' like
1: Grant? well he's, he's he's a good friend of mine yeah I don't think people really understand him and and most time I don't think he wants to be understood
2: no and I, I think that's what separates him from guys like coach K or, or different guys that when the lights come on, they, they tone it down or they, they put the, uh, the persona out that they want to have the public. No, Coach Knight just doesn't care. He's, he's what he is all the time. And, and um, you know, I, I can only speak personally. I know that any time that I've ever called him, I get a return call back very quickly. Um, you know, he's not the kind of guy that I've, I'd have full blown conversations about a lot of things with, but if there's something that. Um, he can help me with or do for me he's always willing and and that's kind of the the old adage if you d- do anything for him you know in terms of working for him and you make it through the time and, and improve your work ethic and all that he's he's the first and and best person to help you
0: well i know you also developed a nice relationship with his son pat and yep. uh, have kept in touch with him over the years Yeah, have, uh,
2: pat and i were were roommates uh in school and uh, and that probably helped um, you know, getting to go have Christmas dinner at Coach Knight's house and different things. But, you know, Pat is, uh, you know, he's the next head coach at Texas Tech when his dad decides to uh, call it quits. And, and he's really matured. It's been uh, neat to see somebody uh, from, you know, as college kids, what we were, to him almost ready to assume something like that. And, and uh, he'll do really well. I got one quick question about that follow up.
0: What is Christmas dinner like in the Bobby Knight house? Uh, now, if you ever talk about
2: wanting to attend, I don't I can't, know about you. Can you imagine that?
1: I wouldn't want to spill the gravy. Yeah,
2: um, on, on this particular Christmas night, it happened to be uh, Papa John's Pizza, I believe. It, it was nothing uh, real fancy. You uh,
1: mean you had Christmas dinner at Papa John's?
2: Uh, yeah, we, well, actually, Pat and I had to, had to pick up the pizza on the way out there. Uh, no, but, turkey? no No turkey. No turkey no turkey it was, uh, maybe some pepperoni or sausage or something <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: uh, but it was it was obviously you know an evening that um, I'll always you know you just remember something like sure. that Ryan what, what in, in comparison who, who was harder to work for Bob Knight or Billy Gillespie well, I had different roles. Uh, I worked definitely more directly with Billy Gillespie, and he's, he's, a, he's a pretty tough guy. In fact, I, I mean, I've told Billy, because Billy, lo- Billy loves Coach Knight, and uh, he'd ask me all the time about him and all that, and I'd, I told him several times, you know, he, he was harder. He, but he's, he's got a lot of, he believes in the same kind of discipline, um, in and at, you know, on the floor, in the office, whatever. And, uh, you know, if you slip up on something, you're, you're going to get called out on it. And um, that's okay. You, you take those lessons and move on, and it makes you better. Sergio, you tell me, what was the 11
0: months working with Billy Gillespie like for you as as one of his uh, as one of his assistant coaches? Tell you what, it was the I worked for Bob Wetlick. Remember Bob Wetlick? Yeah, Coach.
3: sure do. Bob Wetlick was an assistant to Bob Knight for about 10 years, mm-hmm. and people said in the business that he was probably one of the toughest coaches at at, at the time. And I worked for Wetlick and and. That was one of the best experiences for me. And then coming to have an opportunity with Billy, Billy just takes it to another level. Yeah. And people need to understand when he has nothing but basketball. He doesn't have a family. So you can't tell a person that doesn't have a wife or kids about a wife and kid and other things in life. So he's driven on one dimensional and one track. And other people have family. And if you could separate that. And just say, hey, I don't have a family either, and we're doing it together, and we're going to get it done. And and we did. I mean, we did. Alvin, myself, and Doc, we all said we're going to get it done this year regardless of what it took, and we did it. And we sacrificed a lot with the family. Billy was a driven, hard guy to work for, but you knew where he was coming from, and that's that's a good thing. You know, what you were going to get.
0: Will he succeed immediately at Kentucky knowing that the bar is so much higher there than every place else?
3: He's won everywhere else, and if you're going to win, at Kentucky, you have everything to win. Uh, the thing with Billy is that it's amazing is everywhere he's gone, he's never had that injury, coach. He's been injury-free. He hasn't lost any of his key players. You know
1: I hadn't thought of that.
3: He's never had a
1: guy I, at get one, hurt. At yeah. one time, I went through about seven years where I didn't have but an injury or two, and I thought maybe it was training, something we're doing right. But the next seven years, we had nothing but injuries. Yeah. So... Uh, He you're right. He has been injury free
3: injury free Uh, here at UTEP We're then you know he leaves and then doc gets Tofi gets hurt Yeah, you Mm -hmm. know that following year and he goes to a&m and he doesn't lose the point guard He doesn't lose Jones and 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 when you're at that level if one of your key guys goes down You're not gonna win the thing with Billy is how long can he continue to sustain the way he works and the way? He's driven if he can control himself If he can control himself and keep it even keel, then he'll be successful because he's going to have the resources and the players.
0: But he's another guy that I don't see coaching forever. I think Billy Gillespie is the kind of guy that might eventually just, he could go back to high school coaching just as easily as he's coaching at Kentucky right now. I
3: think his next move is going to be an NBA job. You do? I really think so. I, I think he'll take an NBA job and... Take the money because he likes to take the money like i, I would I'd take the money
2: he a lot of money not to take
1: he'll have to change uh, the way he treats players i coach, agree with
2: he that. is he's a sly see, fox i, I
1: don't he, he might be sly but uh, uh, if billy's making five million, he's got somebody making 30 uh,
3: that's tough to deal with coach he will adapt yeah. He's smart enough, believe me. He he is smart. He now. is he's, he's very smart and I think that's what's gonna be his next move. Now he won't coach forever because I think the way he coaches and the way he drives himself, he can't. Yeah. Uh, but I think his next move will be an NBA job for sure. <laughs>
0: All right. Look come back. We'll wrap things up with Sergio Rocco and Ryan Carr. The Don Haskins show continues live from the state line restaurant right after this on News Radio K R O D. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. A-R-O-D. 7.48 is now the time. We continue live from the State Line Restaurant. It's more of the Don Haskins Show again. We're here with Ryan Carr, Sergio Rocco, uh, Bernie Ricono joined us in the first hour been a great uh, two hours. You want to duck in a phone call before we end things 880-5763-880 krd Sergio, we haven't asked you about this upcoming season for you yet. Tell me about the schedule, who you've got and uh, you know some of the teams you're going to be playing before you hit conference play.
3: Well, Steve, this is the first year that I was able to get all my games that I scheduled. I inherited, you know, you, you schedule 2 or 3 years in advance. Yeah. Now, and this year we're we're, we're having 16 home games. And, and of those 16 we have the university of miami and acc team coming to our place we have south florida Big East school coming to our place and we have george mason two years removed from the final four coming to our place which is very exciting uh we're, we've begun our season ticket sales and i think we'll sell more season tickets this year than they've ever had
1: sergio uh, what is your uh, uh arena seat 6,500, Coach. That's pretty good. That's yeah, good nice. Size. And, and nice and size.
3: The last time we played the University of Miami, my first year was a sellout, and we expect a few of those games to be a sellout. And, and more importantly, uh, it, it's, it's good teams coming to, to our gym. It's hard to get people to come to you, and we have a... Since I've been there, I think our winning percentage at home is 68%. So we play very, very well at home, and uh, I think we have our best team. I think this is my best team overall across the board that that I have uh, coming back.
0: What's the trick to getting uh, schools to come play you at home? How do you do it?
3: Going to their place a couple of times and, and going two for ones. That's what I've done with the big boys. Yeah. And uh, I knew this was going to be a good year for us. I knew Galindo was going to be a junior. Uh, I had three starters back. I played three freshmen, 25 minutes each last year. We won five of our last seven games. Uh, I had a seven foot kid sit out from Pepperdine and had a guard from Texas A&M sit out. and. I signed the, the leading shot blocker in, in, in junior college, Bailaren uh, 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 and He's a kid from Africa, that, and, and I think he'll change the game for us. So uh, we're extremely excited. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to and, and my guys are great. We have a great group of kids, and we just finished Summer B, and this year we had a 3.0 team GPA, which is unheard of in college basketball nowadays.
1: I never heard of a good team that had 3.0 student.
3: yeah coach i hope you i hope you're wrong <laughs> i'm just kidding no just no kidding. It, it, you know what it, it, it takes a a, a a special kid to be able to come to miami it does. and be focused so our recruitment is we we're going to get kids that want to be students first if not those kids will be out and they'll get in trouble and they won't graduate
0: 880-5763-880-KRD as we continue live from the state line restaurant just want to remind you wednesday nights Live music series uh, here at the state line on the patio, right where we are on the stage, eight to 10 o'clock every uh, Wednesday night. So uh, the summer music series uh, continues, $1.50 ribs, some great specials uh, coming up uh, with that. All right, let me throw this one at you. Which, between the two of you right now, Ryan and Sergio, who's got the more stressful life? Um, Ah, Sergio, no question. Not even close, huh, Ryan? Not even close. Well, I'm talking about you, but but you've got twins. Uh, yeah, I thought you were talking about jobs.
2: Honestly, hey, he's, got, he's got one seven-year-old crazy kid, though. Oh, my kid's wired. So <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't know. A lot of pressure,
0: Sergio. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself as a Division I head coach? You know, I don't. I don't.
3: Uh, and after seeing TV this morning and see the earthquake in, uh, in Peru and, yeah. and, and, and the miners in Utah, hey, I live every single day. I, I wake up early. I bust my tail. I work as hard as I can. I surround myself with good people and good kids and, and let, let it all fall. I'm gonna lose or win games on the court and that's what's gonna happen and I'm, I'm not gonna drive myself crazy or bring in anything as a quick fix. So uh, it's what's going to, I'm gonna be coaching basketball. If it's at Florida International or in Taiwan or somewhere, I am gonna re- coach basketball till I retire. That's who I am, I'm a basketball coach. So uh, that, that's, you put it on yourself.
2: And I think, I think, yeah, I think like he just said, it's the, you know, the stress you put on yourself. And I, I don't think you uh, move up in this profession without expecting a lot of yourself and, and putting in the time.
0: Well, you have it so good right now with the Pacers and you really do as a scout. And you've, I know, been promoted since you first arrived. Ever want to get back into coaching or do you like where you're at right now?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think about that because I miss the relationship part of it with the kids. Um... But I'm also I've also gotten to see a side of the front office that really intrigues me, that really maybe fits more of my personality in terms mm-hmm. of putting things together and, and all that. So we'll see what happens. You know, you learn to do your job you have today, uh, the best you can and, and the rest of it'll take care of itself. I'm not you know i certainly don't actively job hunt and, right. and and so i'm in a good place we'll just see what happens and you love indianapolis don't you i do i it's you know i grew up in seattle for the most part but um indianapolis uh is really you know more of a home now certainly with going to college out there and and, and working back there than, than any other place
0: well, you two also have a relationship with this man next to us, mm. also, and we haven't really talked a lot about that, but it started during your days in El Paso, and you know has continued uh, up till now. And I think that's great too.
2: Well, I also want to share that Coach and I share a birthday, so that's good. Um, different I've... different years by a couple, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a couple year difference, three. <laughs> three. <laughs> but three,
0: three.
2: But yeah, you know, probably the without question the the best thing about being here um was was being able to get to know him and 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 more as a, a friend and um, you know just a basketball coach we, we talked a lot of basketball we still do um, when I talk to him but but more about you know just uh, you know the personal relationship is, is great one of most my most memorable uh, basketball stories with coach is one day he
3: invited me over and we sat in the kitchen table and he asked mary for a pen and he was writing plays on napkins and then uh he would not forget he was telling me guys at fresno state 20 years ago the number and the name of the guy coach i couldn't remember the guard at western uh, kentucky last year
1: you uh sergio do you remember what you brought that night what I brought a, a special bottle of rum
3: coach there's uh, <laughs> you, coach you know with me every time you see me you know it was always going to uh, be a special and bottle and of rum you for brought you brought more than one so but uh, those, uh-huh. are, those are memories that uh, in our profession a lot of people would, would pay to be able to do mm-hmm. so and coach is just some humble uh, person that loves basketball and, and most of all he loves minor basketball yeah, and he exactly. is El Paso
0: he's also somebody that if you want to pick his brain you can call him any day, any time, and uh, he'll always be happy to talk basketball with you, whenever, wherever. You call just him.
2: have to fit in be- between all the other guys. Nah, no, that's not yeah. true. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> call him more this year because
3: I, I guess every time I talk to Coach, good things happen. So <laughs> this year I'm gonna stay a little bit more in contact with Coach.
0: Very nice. Well, that's that's good in itself, and we're looking forward to a couple of things: seeing uh, the Pacers back in the playoffs, which would be good for you, God great hope for so. you, yeah. and uh, seeing Florida International in the NCAA tournament.
3: Well, that's, that's our goal. Our goal is not to be mediocre, and we've been mediocre t- till now, and we're going after it. Has this
0: program ever been to the NCAAs?
3: It went one year when they were in the TAC conference. They went into the tournament, their conference tournament, in last place. And they won four games, and they went and played uh, UCLA <laughs> when they won it that year. So they played the number one team in the country the first round, and UCLA won it. But they went, uh, they had to win their conference tournament. Wow. Uh, But uh, nobody's gone to the NCAA tournament from the Sun Belt. We're going in our 10th year in the Sun Belt. And, you know, Western Kentucky and South Alabama and Louisiana Lafayette have been the teams that have dominated our league. And we beat them. And hopefully we'll beat them a few times when it counts.
1: One of my pet peeves. Uh, Big Ten, they might take uh, seven. Yep. There ought to be a cap on it. They ought to have no more than four, something like that, per league. I remember one year the Big East had, uh, uh, I think uh, they had eight teams, and I think they had seven in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Coach, yeah. we
3: played Wisconsin last year at their place, and it was a four-point ball game with two minutes left. Yeah, We lost by See, 11. Uh, there's not that much difference. Everybody Guys, had,
0: we could spend the next two hours talking, but unfortunately, Coach, we're out of time.
3: Well, Brian, I'll tell you Sergio. what, I appreciate always, you guys. Can't thank me. you enough for being here Really, really it. appreciate it. I loved it. Thanks for inviting us, and uh, we'll do it again. We'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Thanks, do it. Coach. Thank you a lot, Sergio.
0: There you go. Brian. So, for Coach Haskins, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Thank you, and so on from the state line.
3: ESPN